Hi, my name is Tom Bright, and welcome to my Men in Mind podcast. This is a brand new show in association with the mental health charity Mind, where every episode I will chat to a different guest in sport, politics, or entertainment about their own mental health experiences and how they navigate not only the ups and downs of daily life, but all the while in the public eye. First up, I've got someone who doesn't really need an introduction, but who I'm absolutely delighted to have as our first guest. From X Factor to Britain's Got Talent, to the man who discovered and put together a small boy band by the name of One Direction, Simon Cowell has been at the centre of the entertainment world for more than 30 years. I was lucky enough to go to his house, and I think being on his home turf put him at ease because we covered some really big themes over the course of an hour. Not only the joys of discovering therapy for the first time, but also COVID anxiety, grief and burnout. To his credit, no subject was off limits. For anyone affected by anything in this episode, for all the information you need, go to mind.org.uk. Hope you enjoy. So Simon, how, how are you? I'm actually very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Simon. Honestly, it's such a pleasure to have you as the first guest on the Men in Mind podcast. I, you just told me that. So now there's a lot of pressure on me. You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> now, for, for, our, for our listeners' benefit, we are sat here in your lovely garden overlooking, uh, overlooking all, the, all the trees and all the greenery. You've got the occasional helicopter yeah. above our heads. You know we're in London. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you're in, you're in LA most of the time, are you? Well, I, uh, I would say 40% of the year now uh, in LA and then the rest, yeah, in the, in the UK. I tend to do more now in the uk than i've done over the last you know few years yeah i like it there but i i i love it here i've got to be honest with you we've been speaking for interviewing you for like must be about what 15 years 16 years 17 years i'm nearly 20 years yeah I was, probably I was thinking about that yeah and all those times it's all been about x factor and and bgt and the ups and downs of your career and one thing we haven't never really spoken about is amazingly really when you think about it is um is mental health yeah, yeah. and um you've got a really interesting story to tell um i think so yeah i mean i think even what you just said is interesting because 10 years ago five years ago if you'd said to me simon we're going to be sitting down as you said in your garden talking about mental health i'd be going have I have I lost my mind or something? Um, whereas this is something you know, which as you know, I wanted to do with you yeah. uh, for particular reasons, uh, be just because of. Uh, well, first of all, it's something I I've just become much much more aware of. You know, it's definitely something. It's a term you hear a lot more of now than I, I used to hear of five years ago, 10, 20 years ago. It was very rare that you'd hear even that expression. Now you hear it, you know, pretty much every day. Um, and then I started to understand much more about it over the last couple of years, what it really means. I'm, I'm obviously not, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert, but in my own way, I've started to understand it more um, and done things myself um which you know for my for my mind you know uh and for my, i i suppose my mental health uh in a positive way and wanted to talk about it openly mainly because it's not something i feel embarrassed to talk about and and i every time i sit down with my friends now the first thing i talk about genuinely is how therapy has had this super positive effect 
on my life and why it has. And I've pushed so many of my, not pushed, but <sighs> actually I occasionally a couple I have pushed, basically said genuinely just give it a go. Uh, you've got nothing to lose. It's amazing when you think about it, really, because and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you're in your 60s and here you are discovering the benefits of therapy for the first time. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I've suffered from depression over the years. I think we all have. Um, and But that was just something I just thought, well, that's my character trait. You know, I get down, you know, and it's something, I, you know, you deal with. And then I suppose COVID was the real catalyst um, where the whole world was affected by something we were all afraid of. I mean, genuinely afraid of. I was petrified about it, by the way. Um, and, you know, we got through it. Um, and I think it was during that time period when I started to think about things in a different way. Some very, very good friends of mine um, who've been uh, having therapy for years, who actually I just gravitated towards just for advice and they were the ones i thought oh they're the smart ones they're the balanced ones and they'd been having therapy for a number of years and i thought what well, maybe i want to be like them they're very happy and they're very kind of wise and um and they kind of like slightly veered me towards it themselves and said why don't you give it a go and um it's been, I, I wish I'd done this 10, 20 years ago, if I'm being honest with you. What was it about COVID and that time that so petrified you, like you just said? I think we all were because we were afraid of something we didn't know about. And, you know, in the very, very, very early stages, some friends of mine got really ill. And I'm talking about really ill. So I thought, God, if I catch this, maybe the same thing's going to happen to me. Um, and I didn't know... I didn't know what was true uh, or what wasn't. Mm. I, I just didn't have a clue other than I was petrified about catching it, petrified. Mm. Um, so I, with myself, Lauren and Eric pretty much, you know, stayed uh, in LA for a year, didn't see anybody. I had, you know, everyone who came in the house, they were tested and this and that. And, you know, I had all these vaccines, and everything. Mm. And then I got it and it was like nothing. Mm. Um, but I, but at the time it was, you know, I was, I was watching, uh, cause I love, uh, uh, the Indy 500 race. Okay. It's my favorite thing in the world, by the way, if you haven't watched it, you've got to watch it. It's even if you don't know the drivers, it's the most amazing <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And so I was watching a rerun of it, uh, funny enough this morning. Uh, and it was, uh, it was during, uh, it must've been 2020, um, where there was no one in the audience, there was no one there, and everyone was wearing masks. And I went, my God, it was really, really scary that time for a while for all of us. And to think that we were all were going to just leave that and go back to our normal lives and nothing was going to change in ourselves mm. is just that that was never going to happen. It mm. was, it, I think it had an impact on pretty much everyone something out of a science fiction movie. Mm. And we all kind of lived through it for two or three years. And obviously, you know, in, 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 in my job, you know, where I'm always around an audience, I can remember in the early stages where uh, in, in America, uh, we had a full audience on the first day. And by, I think, the 16th day, everyone was gone. And so you imagine that mm. over a shoot week period from a full theater 
to zero. Uh, and then that kind of fear of I might die if I if if I catch it, or my son could get sick, or Lauren could get sick, or my family and friends could get sick. You know, it was scary. It's interesting because a lot of people, lot of people have different reactions to that whole time, and it seems like your reaction was really visceral. You know, it's quite quite an extreme reaction. I mean, mm. were you? consuming a lot of the news at the time? Was was that sort of ramping up your anxiety? Well, it's a good question. I didn't know where to go to. I'm going to be honest with you. And even with a lot of doctors I spoke to, you know, I was getting... You spoke to doctors oh, about yeah. it? I was saying, you know, would you, should I uh, be vaccinated? Some said yes, some said no. Some said get this one, don't get that one. It's like, oh my God, what do I do? And all the time I'm, I'm doing this, I'm just basically in my house, not going out, mm. uh, wearing masks all the time. I probably, I'm not exaggerating, I probably was tested about a thousand times. No. I'm not kidding. A thousand um, times? Seriously. Well, I mean, pretty much every day and sometimes two or three times a day, particularly when we had to film. So over a three-year period, yeah, I mean, that, mm. easily uh, it would, could have been up to a thousand. Um and then there was that moment um, where I had to make the decision about do we do we make BGT, uh, and it was twenty twenty one, and it was just looking as if it was going away, and then suddenly you know the the, the new variant came around, mm -hmm. and I thought that's when I got really scared, and I thought there is no way we can go back to the UK and bring in, you know, the hundreds of people who are either making the show or appearing on the show and think not one of us is going to get mm. ill because it's going to happen. So I just went, got to pull the plug. Do you know what? It sounds really difficult juggling, not only that business side of your life, but also the personal side of your life with, with your concerns about yeah. getting sick. Yeah. And, and, you know, Lauren getting sick and Eric getting sick. Um, well, I mean, it sounds it's just it sounds exhausting, sort of being it was being you. It was it. I I felt a lot of responsibility at that point, Tom. Yeah, because, like I said, I just didn't know what was the correct thing to do, other than don't chance it, don't risk it. Yeah. So when it came to the show, and I remember phoning um, my partner and and ITV. and I think we only had about two or three weeks to go, mm. and I just said, we just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, there's just no way we can guarantee this is going to be safe. I don't feel right. And it was very last minute. But once I'd made the decision, I felt fine about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, it, the weeks leading up to it, it was very, that was very stressful. Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds in, in terms of your, in terms of your life and the way you've dealt with stressful situations in the past, um, was this, was that period on another level to what you've experienced previously. You know, we could talking maybe at the height of X Factor, for instance. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I mean, this was real, like I said, at the beginning, certainly the beginning, because there were there were really extreme stories, extreme cases yeah. that, you know, that were being, you know, spoken mm -hmm. about. So I think uh millions of people like uh, were like me, they were thinking if we catch this, we're going to die. So when you actually think about it, it was petrifying. So the whole thing for me was a nightmare. And then, you know, thank God we all came through mm. the other side, I think, okay. But if there was one 
I suppose, positive on a personal note. It gave me a time to reflect on things in a way I never would have done before. Um, and as things started to calm down a bit, and it was almost like now I've got to go from there back into the real world, how do I feel about that? And that's when this whole notion of I started to hear a lot more people talking about mental health. I'm curious by nature. So I started to read up about stuff, teach myself. Then fortunately, as I said, met some friends who had had therapy, benefited from therapy. And that's when I thought, you know what? I've kind of looked after my body, you know, through diet, exercise, whatever, 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 pretty well over the years. But what have I done about my my brain and, you know, my my mind and all that kind of thing? And the answer is nothing. And now's the time to do it. So it was almost like my, my head going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of your friends, did they point you in the direction of a certain therapist? Did you have a list of therapists that you were potentially looking at? Because it's a bit of a, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to sort of think about, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for being honest with you, when I was growing up uh, you, uh, and I used to, you know, if I watched uh, an American drama and there would always be talk about going to, th you know, therapy. And I always used to think everyone's being dramatic or over the top. It, it was very much as a Brit, I just couldn't relate to it in any way whatsoever. Um, so I, I never took it seriously, if I'm being honest with you. Um, it was only, like I said, having gone through something pretty traumatic that I realized um, and like I said, having good friends who were very open about it, um, and the mental health becoming part of something we would use in a, you know, a day to day language, which was, well, this is all starting to make sense. You know, uh, you know, this things are so complicated mm. in life anyway. Uh, why not find someone, you know, to help you and to, and to your mm. point, because uh, I asked the same questions, well, where do I start? <laughs> um, and they just said, well, you've got to find someone you click with. Um, and what if you don't? Well, then you go to somebody else. And I thought, oh. and so I, I made the appointment and I sat down, really embarrassed. And I said, look, I just don't know where to start. And uh, yeah, it's a he, the right. person I go to. And within about 20 minutes, it was as if I'd known him for 10, 20 years. He put me so much at ease and you realize you're talking to a professional, you know, and they don't judge you. Uh, they listen to you and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you've got to do this fairly regularly, which I did. Um, and it was just because he said, you know, what, what do you want to achieve out of all of this? I suppose I, happiness, peace um balance and over time just by talking nothing else uh in what we call a safe place uh it was just it was like this massive load lifting off my shoulders really yeah it was like this isn't you know this is nothing to be you know feel as a weakness i think everybody 
you know, unless you're Superman, mm. you know, particularly, I would say today more than, more than ever, because when I was growing up, we didn't have social media. We didn't have mobile phones. You know, we had you know, three television channels, Radio 1, Radio 2, I think, and that was it. You know, and of course, newspapers, uh, and, and, you know, and we went to the movies. So, uh, there is just this overload of information, uh, you know, which we, we're all having to deal with at the moment. Uh, so logically, I would say it is going to, you're always, you're going to be under a lot of stress at a lot of time in your life. You know, whether you're a young person, middle age, my age, whatever, um, we're all going to get stressed out and we've got to find, and we don't want to start popping pills as, as the answer. Cause you know, in some cases, yes, it maybe is the answer for me. It wasn't the it answer. Wasn't. No. Was it odd? Those initial minutes in that session, you said, you said you got into a groove eventually with your, with your therapist, but those first times when you started talking about yourself, was that really uh, peculiar? I'm laughing because he was laughing as well, because you could see I was embarrassed because I just said, I don't really don't know where to start. And he, and that's when he said to me, he said, well, why did you come to see me? And I just said, well, you know, I always recommended it and, uh, I'm curious and, and then because like I said, they're experts. And the next thing you know, an hour's gone. And it's like, well, I haven't finished yet. <laughs> he said, well, yeah, I'll see you next week. <laughs> but it's interesting. I even find getting in the car, going there and coming back as part of that time. It's it's almost like you're carving out uh, two or three hours of your, your week or even two weeks, whatever. Um, and just carving that time out just to think about things uh, and, and know that someone is going to give you a really sensible steer and a kind steer mm. um, to help you, you know, work things out. Uh, because when you really, when you really are in that place where you feel comfortable, there's tons of things mm. that are on your mind all the time. You know, you worry about your kids, you know, or when I was worried about COVID or this or that or that or blah, blah, blah. The interesting thing is the stuff that used to bother me doesn't bother me anymore. Such like as? ratings. I'll give you that as an example because mm. one day we were talking about that. He's how do you judge yourself? And I said, well, you know, we have a rating system and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, has any, do, do you consider your best work to be the highest rated thing you've ever done? And I said, no. And he said, so why are you judging yourself on that? And I went, that's just a good point, actually. Um, he said, well, how would you like to judge yourself? And I said, based on something I like and I hope other people yeah. like. Yeah. And, I, and he said, do you need an, anyone else to do that for you? And I went, no, I don't actually. And he said, well, then why don't you just stop doing that? And I went, it's as simple as that. Well. And I, and, yeah. I, and that was it. I just sent an email out saying, that's it. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> I mean, uh, and it, it's quite incredible just that because it doesn't feel like you're chasing something. You're just making something you like in the hope that other people like it as well. If they don't, they don't. You, you, I mean, you just have to deal with that. 
I love the idea of you talking to your therapist about ratings. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I sometimes laugh when I leave him thinking, what must he think of me? But And I did ask him that once, and he said, Simon, uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, he said, uh, you have nothing really to, 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 to worry about or feel fearful about. You, you just overthink everything. Mm. Um, and you have a lot of responsibility and you know you have to find a way of if if what you're after is happiness and you still want to work and you want to improve the quality of your work then you have to take control of your own schedule and work how you want to work um because i was getting tired you know we all get tired and i didn't want to get burnt mm. out um and you know i will say since i've seen him I think that I've worked better post seeing him than I did before. Uh, because, you know, if, if, if what you do is creative in particular, mm. uh, look, there's no right or wrong way of, of approaching anything. You know, when you're, doing, when you're making a decision, you know, one person will say it's a good thing. Someone else will say, you know, what I think is funny is not funny, whatever. Yeah. You, have to make, you have to take a call, call on things all the time. Uh, but... Um, so it's given you a sense of perspective in many respects. Yeah, yeah. Which was sort of lacking throughout yeah. Yeah. throughout your life up until that moment. Yes. He taught me to stop and actually look at what I was doing and saying, do you like what you're doing? Are you enjoying what you're doing? And he said, what drives you? And I said, well, I always hope that things are better year on year. And he said, do you believe they can be better year on year? And I went, actually, I do believe that, yes. And he said, well, then make it happen and he's like you're right um and he said but having said that you then have to work out a schedule to make that happen yeah and you, like if he said you don't want to burn yourself out and you want to take on too much and you've got to take on things you're passionate about and if you want to do new things then you've got to work out a way how that works within your schedule i mean he was actually quite quite incredible um is there is there a part of you which wishes that you'd sought this sort of help out much earlier in life. And are, can you think of any incidents or um, experiences whereby, stressful experiences, whereby this sort of advice would have really helped you in that moment? Many, many times, yeah. Uh, because, look, I'm not going to lie, and you know this, we've known each other for 20 years. Uh, if you work in entertainment, there are, it's a really fun job, don't get me wrong, and I wouldn't do anything else. However, when you are making records, making TV shows, whatever, you know, there's an awful lot uh, riding on, on the decisions you make. You know, you've got to make a decision, you know, uh, is this the right artist to sign? Will they be successful? Uh, if you're making a show and people have, you know, spent an awful lot of money making it, is it going to be, will people like it? Blah, 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 blah. And even if you don't outwardly show it, you're always thinking that you want everything you do to be successful or to be good um and so you know the traditional way yes you would go and have meetings and you go into an office and everything else i think if i had someone who i could just go god everything is going to be down at the moment i or it feels too much mm. i think this person would have been absolutely the right person to say right well then i think maybe have you thought about doing it this way or trying that way i mean that's why they're so good because like i said they're trained in a way that i i can't comprehend i mean i have so much admiration mm. for these people 
Um, and you know, it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so in those moments before where you were really stressed, how would you deal sort of with, with that mentally? Well, uh, historically, I would just push myself even more. You know, uh, I would just work longer hours. I mean, when you and I first met each other, my, you know, uh, t- uh, uh, data, well, working hours were from about two in the afternoon to about seven in the morning. I mean, I was a complete, I was like a vampire. Um, I never saw daylight. I didn't even know what the sun was. Um, but I would just push and push and push and there were certain years I could feel it where I felt really burnt out. And I thought, I'm not sure I'm, I'm even enjoying this anymore. You know, I went into this because I thought it'd be fun, you know, and now it's all, you know, it's got very, very, very stressful. But, you know, it's because I suppose that I took on too much um, or looked at things perhaps in the wrong way. I don't know. Mm. Um, Did that affect your relationships with friends, with with family, that sort of level of stress that you were under at that time? Well, it's a difficult one to answer. I can only tell you in terms of how I feel today compared to how I felt 10 years ago, and I feel happier Mm. today than I did 10 years ago. Um, I, I feel more in control of my life now than mm. I did, you know, five yeah. years ago, to even 20 years ago, you know, it was, um, uh, it was all about, you know, uh, six meetings a day, you know, uh, That's phone, relentless. phone calls, emails, you know, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm not even sure it was the best way of working. You know, it was just push, push, push. Whereas now I'm much more thoughtful about what I do. I watch everything I make in a very, very different way now. I think what we're doing now, I just feel it, it, it's better in some way. And other people that might you know, dis- disagree, but it's the way I feel about what I'm doing. And the people that you work with, they, have they noticed this sort of change in you? <laughs> well, I'd say is there. I mean, the fact that I got slimed, my head set on fire, <laughs> pies thrown in my face, I think that's an indication that I don't take myself too seriously anymore. <laughs> um, I don't think they would have done that to me, you know, 10 years ago. And now it's like, it's funny, you know, it's um, like I said, you know, it, particularly with what we do, what we do is is supposed to be entertaining and entertaining to me means it should it should be emotional. Mm-hmm. It should be fun. Uh, it could make you cry, but in a kind of a good way. Um, but at the end of the day, yes, and en- the entertainment business overall should be fun. Mm. And I think uh, a lot of us forgot that. Mm. Yeah, caught up in you know with every everything else you get caught up in. Yeah, no, maybe no, taking no. yourself too seriously. I don't know. Mm. Um, and you know what I definitely definitely realise. And again, you know. Uh, being able to talk to someone about this was you know now some of the things that make me most happy aren't all work related you know going out with eric you know on a bike ride with lauren for instance you know for two hours i mean i love it um playing football with him at 63 i mean that's not bad (laughs) that's good going yeah in the back garden and not doing badly 
I mean, he's beating me, but I could just about keep up. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, and of course, you know, Eric, you know, in, in his own way was my therapy, you know, because obviously having him, you know, I had a completely different outlook on life. And the minute he arrived, you know, which was my priorities just changed mm -hmm. like that, you know, everything as a parent is, is, you know, that's what we're programmed, I believe, to do is mm -hmm. that you become protective, you know, about your kids, you know, and you love them so much. That's what you sort of think about. Mm -hmm. When you spoke to your sort of loved ones, you mentioned your friends who helped guide you onto the, the therapy path. But what, for, for instance, when you spoke to, to Lauren and you explained to her that you're thinking about doing this, what was her what was her reaction? Absolutely got it in a heartbeat. You know, she didn't look at me like uh, there was something wrong with me. She was the opposite. She was like, I'm really happy that you're doing this, Simon. I think it's really going to be helpful for you to have someone, you know, outside of your you know, work, uh, uh, friends, you know, uh, people, you know, just to be able to talk about yourself, about anything you want. Uh, and if it helps, it helps. There's no guarantees. And she saw the difference, I think in about three or four weeks. Oh, like soon. Yeah, really. Yeah. And I really understood, um, context more, um, uh, just so many positive things. Um, I, 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 I could sit for hours uh, talking about that. Uh, and it goes back to the beginning of this conversation about why did I want to do this in the first place, which is, um, I'm not saying everyone in the world needs it. However, I think it's probably the most overlooked area uh, of life. You know, mm -hmm. you hear about vitamins, you hear about diets, you hear about this and that and that. But then you know, the most important part of your body, your brain, it's so rarely talked about and it's you know arguably the most important thing mm. because it does affect everything you know your your happiness your controlling your stress being able to sleep well being happy being able to love all these things you know you don't think about uh, which is so important um and then if it does have a positive effect like i said just on your personal life and again on on your work yeah. life in addition then i would you know, shout from the rooftops, just what I did. If you're feeling, you know, stressed, if you're finding things sometimes overwhelming, you know, and um, then don't don't be afraid to talk about it mm. or, or, or see it as a weakness, because it's not. For me, I saw it as a strength mm. to be able to talk about it. Mm. You talked about finding joy in some of the things that you do, such as, you know, bike rides with, with Eric and stuff. And what other sort of things are you enjoying more than you were previously? Uh, gosh, it's a good question. Well, everything really. Uh, I mean, it's like your eyes open to a lot of things because I think, you know, for me, you know, my certainly, you know, when I was in my 30s and 40s, everything was just about work, you know, and, you know, the music business is very cutthroat, you know, and it's not a particularly nice business, you know. Um, TV is very competitive. Um, so that sort of consumed me to the point, you know, like I said, you know, my working hours were just ridiculous, you know. So I, I couldn't go out on a morning bike ride or, you know, the thought of playing football with you know, a nine-year-old would, would have been, what? 
you know, on the weekend. I just wouldn't think like that. Um, I mean, it sounds corny, but I mean, literally a sunny day when it's raining. I mean, I, all those things I love. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I really, really do. Uh, going to nice restaurants. Um, it's um, having the right people in your life, having the right friends, you know, working with people you like and trust. Um, looking at every person who comes on our show as in a very, very different way. You know, it's their, you know, four minutes, five minutes, give them the total mm. focus. Try and do what you can to make a difference. You talked about um, f friends. Have you had to sort of perhaps reassess some people that you're in contact with or that you work with in terms of trying sort of balancing things out a little bit, little, little bit more? Yes. <laughs> some of those people i wouldn't even classify as friends uh in the past uh overall i've been very fortunate you know my friends my good friends have been there for 30 40 in some cases 50 years you know yeah. uh i have a great family um but i think yeah you definitely 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 reassess who you want to be with like i said who do you trust um all that kind, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Going back to what you said before about this sort of late night, almost vampire-like lifestyle you were keeping, how did you find the transition from that to being up in the morning, bright and breezy? Uh, there is a very, very, very different light in the morning compared to the afternoon, and and I genuinely didn't realise that. Um, and look, we are programmed as human beings to actually get up in the morning and go to bed. I mean, that's that's us. So I was almost going against what I think we, we're programmed to do. So that didn't have a healthy effect on me. Um, but I think, you know, look, I, I was one of the things I was thinking about and talking about this was, well, you know, I've made a bit of money so I can afford a therapist. What if I couldn't afford a therapist? Mm. And I think um, and I hope that, again, this will become part of, you know, the NHS is going to provide on, on, on much, much more frequently. I think this is going to become, you know, as common probably as I've got a cold, mm. you know, which is I'm feeling down. I need someone to talk to. You know, I think, you know, particularly men, you know, as a kid, it was always, you know, don't cry, you're weak, you know, be a man and everything else. Don't say you're vulnerable. It's like we all are and, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and it's healthy to almost go the other way, you know, not to not to look for pity, but just to say, um you know, we're not all made of steel mm. and there's going to be times in our lives um, where you just need somebody to talk to mm. or even just to say what I've just said to you, which is, yeah, I'm happy to say that I, I, I do see a therapist and it's really, really benefited me. You know, not because I was losing my mind. It was just that I wanted to get my mind in, in a better order, you know, and understand how living could be more enjoyable mm. i suppose and less stressful you're right it could be therapy it could be just talking to your wife or your, yeah. or your partner or your mate down the mate down the pub what would you yeah. say to somebody who like you was a bit unsure about therapy um and is a bit apprehensive about making that step 
what would you say to them? I would say that if you've got the right person um, and you've got the right friends, it's a very, I would say, safe thing to do. You know, there's nothing to be fearful of. You know, no one's going to look at you or judge you differently. Um, they might even understand you better. Um, it's like I said, it's just something which we are, I believe, evolving into. Um, you know, fortunately, quite quickly now, because I'm hearing a lot of people talking about this now, even people who come on our shows, and they're a great barometer, by the way, Tom, you know, over oh, the really? years. Well, yes, I've seen it happen, you know, in the 20 years since I've been making live TV, you know, or TV shows, what people would, would be uh, open to talk about, mm. not open to talk about. And um, much, many more people now are coming on our shows to say mm. that, you know, they suffer from this or that, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're not there to judge them on that. You know, I think we're very sympathetic. Public are certainly very, very sympathetic to that. Um, so there's been a real sea change, hasn't there? It's has. certainly in terms of the, um, the progression of, of the shows which you've worked on, in terms of, for instance, you, you are this sort of Mr. Nasty persona, but you've measurably softened and softened and softened and softened yeah. um, over the years. Was that a sort of a, a conscious decision or were you sort of just going with the times effectively? Well, we all go with the times. I mean, it's, it's just uh, you're not going to be the same person all your life. You know, I think for me, when I was sort of, I'd say slightly thrown into TV, it was a bit bewildering because, uh, you know, not having much of an education and how I started in the music business, which was not really knowing much, mm. but having a lot more help by people giving me what I would call tough love. I was sort of trying to do the same thing, which was not giving people false hope um, because you just can't survive on false hope if you're not very good. And all the times I got better is when people actually said to my face, Simon, you were really doing this badly. And I'm going to tell you to your face how badly you've done it. And please don't do it again. And it was like, glad you told me or glad she told me. Um, so I was kind of like, well, that's what I've got to do. Uh, but of course, over the years, um, yeah, you change as a person, becoming a parent definitely made a difference. Mm. Um, uh, and now I would say I see things certainly in a more funny way mm. than I used to, uh, much, much more. What were you like as what were you, were you like as a as a young man entering the the music business? You said you didn't know anybody. It must have been a really tough environment. It was tough, yeah, really, really tough. I mean, I was, um, I mean, I was really keen to get to work, um, but I, you know, they didn't pay you anything. I mean, I was on, I don't know, twenty quid a week or something, and I was, you know, wheeling my my trolley of mail around, you know, London. And you know there were certain people my age who were in office jobs getting paid more than me who would laugh at me because I was the post boy. But I was like, well, I don't want to do your boring job, and I don't mind doing my job, you know. But they, yeah, they would taunt you. Um, but it that was fine. It it got tough when I was given the opportunity to try and start making records without really knowing how to make them, if I'm being honest with you, because I'm not mm. a musician. 
Um, and I didn't, didn't go to business school or anything like that. So I had to sort of learn everything quickly. And like I said, I made some big mistakes um, and fortunately learned from my mistakes. And, you know, my, my dad didn't have a lot of money. I wasn't left any money. Um, so everything I, I did, I, I made myself. But then, of course, I lost everything mm. when I was 30. And then I had to go back and live with my mum and dad again. Um, now, that was certainly a point. Well, maybe my parents were my therapists, probably. Um, thinking about it, as I'm talking to you now, you know, because they were amazing to me. Again, they didn't make me feel bad. Again, my friends didn't make me feel bad because I was broke. You know, I didn't feel ashamed. It was like, yeah, I made some stupid mistakes mm -hmm. and I'll try not to do it again. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, built, built up myself up again. Um, but then when I lost both my mum and my dad, you know, that was a point in my life that was bad, mm -hmm. you know. I was going to ask you about that, Simon, because grief is obviously such a hard thing to sort of navigate. Um, how did you cope with that? Really badly. It was really difficult, Tom, because uh, the year my mum passed away, because I'd lost my dad and then I lost my mum, and being on TV at the same time is losing someone. I, you know, it was very difficult because it was like, well, how am I? How do I do both? You know, I'm I'm in pieces. But then I'm on I'm on TV, you know. It was like there were moments where it was really really hard, and uh, that was all the time in my life. That was the hardest because it was just total finality, you know. Mm. My my mum and dad had gone, and that was it. And uh, I, you know I wasn't a dad at that point, so you know it was pretty bleak if I'm being honest with you. Mm. Um, and then. Along came Eric <laughs> to the rescue. <laughs> uh, but actually, uh, Eric did come along just before my mum, you know, uh, yeah, passed away. They got so to before, meet one another. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, you know, my mum was quite sick when, you know, when Eric was born. So they, she, you know, she was aware of him, but not that aware. But, um, uh, but then, yeah, when she passed away, then Eric was then, you know, just getting a little bit older and uh, and he sort of filled in what I was, you know, missing. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you had a very close relationship with your parents. I mean, you talked just then about moving back home when you sort of lost everything yeah. and they didn't judge you and they were yeah. very, you know, understanding of your predicament. Were they worried about you? Were they worried about their boys trying to make it in the, in the music industry? Yeah, they were because, you know, I wasn't very good at school. You know, I was very bad. You know, I didn't really go to school, you know, because I got bored. So I was a bit of a brat, to be honest with you. Uh, but I just wanted to go to work, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, and I knew because I had no qualifications, whatever job I did, it was going to have to be at the bottom. Um, and, I, and, it, and I wanted it to be like in, in music, TV, or the film business, one of those, and it ended up in the music business. Um, and then realized very, very quickly, uh, yeah, they don't really teach you how to do this job. No. So you kind of, I, I, I was very fortunate. I had great mentors like Pete Waterman. Now you talk about tough love. That was tough love. I mean, I turn up here. I've got a great song. 
good out, kid. Come back with a hit. So like, okay, I'll be back, hopefully with a hit. And uh, it took me two years to, you know, to get him to work with me, but he was brilliant. But to your point about my parents, they were amazing because I think thinking back, they probably could see it coming. I was getting very cocky. I had a gold credit card. I didn't realize with credit cards, you've actually got to pay the money back. Um, so, uh, and I borrowed money and then, uh, I was all over the place and, uh, and it all came crashing down. And so I, I had to give up everything. I had no car, no house, nothing, mm. but fortunately I did have my mum and dad and I think they were quite happy to have me back actually. Um, and, um, and my dad, you know, all he said was, he just said, look, Simon, you, you messed up. Uh, what did you learn from it? And we spoke about it. And he said, you know, you just got to try not to do it again. It's like, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Mm -hmm. And things worked out fine. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I've sort of fortunately been able to experience, you know, not having any money, not having a great education. But at the same time, you know, I can relate to what it feels like when you kind of feel, God, the whole thing can come crashing yeah. down. You know, what do you do in, in, in a situation mm. like that? It's like what we talked about earlier, isn't it? About understanding that you're getting that sense of perspective. Yeah. You know, and it sounds yeah. like you have that in abundance now. Yeah. From yeah. where you were previously. Well, yes. I mean, it, and that's why I think what I've gone through is interesting because I didn't do this because I was feeling sorry for myself. I was doing it because I had friends who were smart enough to tell me that they or confident enough to tell me that they were seeing, you know, therapists and and how much better they felt for doing it. And 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 I thought actually they're really, like I said before, really happy people, very smart, very clued up. So why not give it a go? Um, and and yeah, it's it, it's at the latter stage of my life. You know, I mean, I wasn't doing it in my thirties and forties. You know, I'm sixty four this year, uh, and I intend to carry on working for quite a few more years. And maybe that's again one of the reasons why I did decide to do this, you know, because I, I, I always want to do better. I always want to learn more. And you don't want to tie yourself out in the process either. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I have a nine year old who is the most active kid in the world. I mean, literally, from the minute he wakes up, he's like, daddy, 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 just before he goes to sleep, daddy, daddy, daddy. Um, and I have to, you know, keep up with him. It's very interesting you talk about the therapy and how it's, potentially giving you more longevity in, in the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was an important part of it because, uh, you know, if someone is funding your show, you know, a network, it's a lot of money. Mm. And I'm not just on the screen, I'm, I'm behind the scenes as well. So it's my job to, to hopefully do the best, best possible job I can do in return. Mm. And like I said, have that thing in my head, which is, I do believe year on year we can get better. I mean, I really do have that belief. And it's not being big-headed. It's just, you know what? If we cast, keep casting for great people, if we have great people making the shows, et cetera, et cetera, there is the ability to just be better. Mm. Mm. You mentioned earlier, we chatted before, about um, getting rid of your phone and what a sort of an amazing sort of little step 
thing, little thing to do, which obviously made such a big difference. Yeah. Um, just how much of a difference has that made? Well, I think I, I don't expect everyone to get rid of their phones. Uh, what you can do is is not live is not have your phone own you, and that's what it did to me. If I'm being honest with you, I felt like it like. I, it was like my master, you know, it's like, where's my phone? You know, I can't function without my phone. And at the end of the day, it's a boring, bloody phone. Um, so there was one morning when I woke up and I went, there's a lot of text messages this morning. I'm not in the mood. So the following day, I opened up the phone and they're, they're now triple the amount. So I'm like, I'll leave it a week. And then it was like ridiculous. So I thought, I'll go a month. And then I went, I went a year and I was, it was like being liberated, to be honest with you. Um, most people won't do that, but what you can do is limit how much, because there's nothing more annoying for me is that if I'm sitting with someone talking or watching a movie or eating and they're looking at their phone, it's like, why aren't you watching the movie with me? Or why aren't you talking to me? Uh, you know, it's just annoying. And uh, so... You're very much I, more in the present. Are you, be, you Yeah, that's what I want to say. You become more present. There's no question of doubt. I think they, they can be addictive. Um, and I think it's healthier to be on them less. You know, you know, even if you go on holiday, like you, you said to me, you, you just turn it off for two weeks. I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, because, look, again, I... Uh, there's, you know, for a lot of people, you know, seeing what we're talking about now or reading about it, they're going to go, but what do you mean? How do you live a life without a phone? Well, I did. When I was a teenager, I had no telephone. We had the telephone at the house. Uh, and it was the most boring thing in the house uh, because I actually preferred sitting with people and talking to people. You know, I don't think you can communicate with people properly by text or email. I just don't believe it. I mean, that's one of the things I hated about COVID was Zooms and conference calls. They need, that nearly did my head in because um, I, I, I like being with people. So I didn't like Zoom calls. <laughs> and you're not one for social media, really, are, are, are you? Not in the Especially if you haven't got a phone, you're not, you're not getting bombarded all the time. And... Well, no, I mean, I just don't, I, 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 don't re I don't look at the news. I don't read yeah. the news. Um, so in some ways, I suppose you create what I call your own bubble. Um, mm. and everyone has their own choice. What that is, you know, you decide what you want to watch. You should never, you know, this thing about fear of missing out. I mean, that is complete bullshit, by the way. Yeah. There's nothing you're missing out on. You know, once you decide what makes you happy, you just live your life yeah. that way. <laughs> you know, reading everything on social media, it's like, because when I was a kid, genuinely tom there was nothing i wanted mm. zero there wasn't a phone i wanted a watch i wanted a train a set of trainers i wanted i might have wanted a particular toy but that was it you know and uh so it's interesting some, sometimes knowing too much you know mm. is not the best thing no. Obviously, you're in, you're in this lovely bubble now. And you said when you were younger, you, know, you, you were in a in bubble then, effectively. But certainly at the heart of your career, you, you weren't in that bubble. You were in, a th you were in the thick of it. Yeah. You know, there was newspapers. We all went to the piece of you, you know, all the TV stations, all the news crews. I mean, what was it like being at the centre of that attention on your mental health? Well, 
How, Look, how did you deal I, I, with it? I would it? do it all over again. I mean, I have no regrets at all doing what I did. Um, uh, I suppose with what we're talking about now, yes, I certainly would have had a therapist way earlier on. <laughs> um, it would have been a lot easier. But you've got to remember, every time that I go out, I'm always going to meet someone who I haven't met before. And so I do... That was quite, that was the the strangest thing is that somebody who you've never met in your life is going to walk up to you if I go to the shops today and go, hello, Simon, how are you? And I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and some people actually don't like that part of it. I really like it because I like people. You know, I've never once refused a photograph in my life. Is that right, really? Never once. No, I never would. Because years ago, um, and I won't say who it is, but I must have been younger than Eric, and I was at the Ideal Home exhibition, and I saw this guy on TV, and I went over to him. I said, oh, hi, you know, I'm, I was so excited, you know, can I have an autograph? And he said, piss off. And I hated him for the rest of my life. I'm still traumatized by it now. And I'm not saying that's the reason why I, you know, I've, I've said yes to every, every photograph, yeah. but it always is, I, I do think about it, yeah. which is it's kind of a contract you are entering into. If you're going to be on TV, yes, people are going to come up and say hello and you've got to enjoy it. And if you don't, then don't be, don't do this yeah. as you're living. No, that's, that's good. Very good advice. Yes. <laughs> and I have had this conversation with people. Oh, it's not going to bother me. And then two years later, it's like, uh, I can't leave my house or blah, blah. I said, well, then why did you do this as a job? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've met people like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Too many people like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you had any negative reactions to, from people when you've said to them that, you've, that, you, that you're having therapy? Not one. Honest to God, not once. It's more interest than anything else. Really? You know, like, oh, okay, tell me about it. What's it like? What are the benefits? You know, what was it like the first time? That's the number yeah. one question. You know, what did you talk about? And uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I I would say at least uh, maybe up to 20 people of my friends now have gone off the back of it. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And all said the same thing. Mm. Why, why, don't you, why don't we do this earlier? I said, no one told me about it. <laughs> and are those um, friends in America, is it mainly your American friends who are going down that path? Both. Is it in both? Fact, actually, more British people, I would say, funny oh, enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because people have this perception that it's very much, you know, therapy is very US-based, you know. It's not, it's not something people necessarily do over here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good point, Tom. And that, again, is, and I'm repeating myself, but one of the reasons why I wanted to talk openly about this, because you're right, it is not a very British thing at the moment. It will be in years to come. I'm convinced of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, there's, there is, uh, I would say, a slight stigma uh, about being open, talking about it, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, which weirdly didn't bother me in the slightest. If anything, I was the opposite. The minute I started, I started telling all my friends instantly. It's like, I found this thing and it's absolutely amazing and changed my life and you've got to do it and blah, 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 blah. And you know someone, you know, uh, someone we both have in common and I spoke to him about it and I just said, look, you know, we all need a bit of help and we all need a bit of guidance and blah, 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 no, blah, blah. I, th I, think it's, I think it's brilliant. Some of your profile coming out and saying all this and... Uh... 
talking about these things so openly. You can only hopefully kickstart a conversation between men about their mental health, which can only be a, a good thing. I, I really do. And as, I, I promise you, Tom, it's one of the reasons I want to do this, which is if anybody, you know, is just feeling a bit down or feeling a bit vulnerable or feeling a bit, you know, I, I need someone, I need someone to give me a, a steer or a bit of advice or I'm a bit lost, whatever. Um, and that person then does what I've done in by, like we said, talking openly to your friends about it or going to see a therapist or talking to your doctor, uh, then job done. Yeah. Uh, because there, I promise you there, there's no downs. There's nothing negative, uh, doing that at all. And like I said, I don't consider it a weakness in any way whatsoever. It's interesting because it's trying to shift that mindset of yeah. weakness. Yeah. 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 You, you talked about um, how it sort of rejuvenated your relationship with Eric in terms of you're doing loads of cool new stuff together. Um, are you also potentially as a dad now more sort of on the lookout for signs of someone struggling? You know, it could be Eric or it could be your partner. Are you more mindful of how other people are now that you've had therapy yourself? And Well, I'm, look, I do, as you know, I'm associated with about seven eight charities um and i've done that for a long a long time um uh so i've sort of been able to to do that as part of my job you know because these people come to you you know to kind of be a spokesperson for them and you know help them doing what they do so i've, I've sort of done that over the years anyway um but i guess yeah when i'm when i'm on the shows, I'm probably much more receptive or focused or open to hearing people maybe a little more clearly than before. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I thought I'd throw you a music-related question now, Simon. We're obviously doing this podcast with the charity Mind, and they polled 2,000 18 to 24-year-olds in the last month, and 60% said music improved their mood. Do you have a go-to piece of music that improves your mood? Yeah, funny enough, make yourself a happy playlist. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I I have a lot of playlists, uh, which I make myself. And if I am in the car, rather than listening to a random radio station, I'll put on my playlist because I love every song. And I, they go from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to the noughties to whatever you call it now. But I think they're all the best songs in the world. Um, and yeah, there's no question they can improve your mood. <laughs> and in reverse, if it's a really bad song, it will do the opposite. It will put you in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think on that note, I'd like to thank you so much for today. I think hopefully it will, it will mean a lot of men, hopefully maybe listening to this conversation, will sort of take a step, take a step back, pause, and maybe think about their mental health a bit a bit more oh cool so, thank um, you tom i really appreciate talking yeah, no, to i you. really enjoy talking about this thank you you can find me on twitter at mirror tom and if you like what you've heard rate us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to get new episodes automatically thanks for listening